What is up, Level Up Nation? Happy New Year! It's 2023. In fact, it's January 12th, because that's when we're doing the show. We took a little time off, but have no fear. We are back with Level Up Live, your home for gaming esports news, brought to you by OTN Media. My name is Fiasco. I am joined, as always, for the 40th year in a row, because uh, we're, we're coming up on episode 300 here this year, Joe. In fact, it's going to be this month's kind of crazy to think about. Uh, but yes... The king of the courtside, the courtside king rocking the Xbox shill hoodie. Some things don't change in the new year. What's up, buddy? Doing well, John. Uh, we did a terrible job advertising tonight's show, so we'll see who shows up with us on Twitch tonight. Uh, but for those of you who catch the podcast feed, I'm sure you guys will enjoy the content. It's going to be a little bit different tonight. Instead of kind of diving hot and heavy into all the topics going on, we will be covering a few of the hotter topics going on in gaming and esports right now, but then we're going to take a little bit of a turn here as we ease ourselves back into the new year, talking a little bit about predictions, maybe a little bit of like how we ended 2022, some of the games that stood out to us at the end of the year, uh, but mainly looking at the year ahead, some of the stuff we're excited for, uh, some bold predictions here and there as far as release dates go, maybe game of the year, we'll do an early discussion on that different things like that overall uh so a little bit different john but i'm excited i'm excited to dive back in uh to otn content to the world of gaming and just level up in general it's gonna be a little spicy i'm kind of excited for it. yeah and joey uh you mentioned it we did a terrible job uh uh promoting uh our return for the new year in fact i even made a video for the return we'd even we'd even use oh, it oh that's we, right we, we, we didn't yeah I, i'm literally sitting here like with like 30 minutes before we go live i'm like i never put that video out Cool. No, nope, you know we never put a tweet out on any of the accounts. So yeah, we we were terrible, guys. That's why the whole easing back in thing is happening here. So we'll see who shows up. But at the very least, you guys will all have it on your podcast feed later. It, it's it's a new year, but it's the same procrastination for me. It's it's something I just, you know, it's, <laughs> it is. It is what it is. And Nation, uh, it's a new year, uh, but our handles and social media and all that fun stuff has stayed the same. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter and Facebook at Level Up Live. That is at LVLUP Live. And while you're on Twitter... Uh, I mean, you might as well follow us because we're not going to promote the show on it because we forget about it. You follow Joey at Courtside King uh, for your latest and greatest uh, uh, hot takes from Joey. And I, I do believe maybe we might be getting a, uh, one of Joey's hot indie games lists for 2023. Well, we have to figure out. I don't know. It might be something down the road there. And make sure you follow me, myself. That's me. Hi, I'm John, uh, a.k.a. Fiasco, at Fiasco on uh, the social medias as well. If you're here on Twitch, first off, Thank you for having your notifications on, because that's about the only way you're going to know that we're live, <laughs> because we did not promote whatsoever. Uh, may, uh, those handles are on the screen for you if you're watching here on Twitch. If you're uh, listening to the podcast later on down the road, they're in the show notes for you below. A nation, speaking of the podcast version of the show, it is available roughly 24 hours after the initial show airs. So make sure you check out in your favorite podcatcher of choice to level up podcast if you can't join us here live on Twitch. Extra credit, we are, well, I'm not here, whatever. Uh, earn earn the extra credit. It's as simple as that. Just use that spicy Amazon Gaming Prime sub, whatever they're calling it in 2023, uh, on OTN Media as well. Um, yeah, just, yeah, use it. Don't get your account banned. Let it go the full 30 days. It's always great to just do that. Uh, Joe, you teased it a little bit about what we're talking about today. Uh, so we'll skip over the rundown because we already did the rundown for there. We'll just jump straight to drink of choice. Uh, Joey, we need to start 2023 off on a hot foot 
uh, or a hot beverage or a cold beverage. I, I don't judge. Some people like to have their beer at room temperature. Other people like to have it chilled. Some people like their liquor chilled. Other Does people anyone are... really like their beer at room temperature? Is that even a thing for real? Yeah, most European countries serve. Uh, I am not a fan, Europe. What are we doing over there? It's, I mean, uh, I get well, it for like liquors, but like beer. Mm. I mean, Joey, look, when when we when we finalize our plans to travel to England, we will have to sample all the all the uh, room temperature beers and then we'll have to make a decision. Yeah, I'm curious. That? I'm curious on that one. Not quite as sold on that as I'm sure the Europeans would like me to be. Uh, drink of choice, Joey. Uh, I'm going to make you go first. Well, I have nothing exciting. <laughs> I have water, and I barely got our notes up in time. Yay. Nice. Some things don't change. Joey, I'm right there with you. It's Coke Zero making a return <laughs> in 2023. Uh, we're lame is is what I'm hearing from us right now. Uh, I think we'll have a lot more exciting drinks as we go. But, I mean, we just had Christmas. We did a lot of drinking around that time. Preach. We had New Year's. There was plenty of drinking going on then. So, if anything, John, I think we're taking the healthy approach here, giving our livers a little bit of a break. You know what? We're, we're, we're going to go with that. We're going to go with that. I'm going to let my doctor know that, too. Uh, so, we'll, we'll, we'll see what his take hot take is on this. Like, yeah, I'm going to give my liver a rest. He's going to be like, yeah, cool. We'll just replace it. Uh, Joey, Gaming and Esports News is our first segment here in 2023. And, of course, as always, it's presented by GamerBytes. 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 Bite-sized gamer. Yeah, learn how to read, John. Bite-sized gaming and esports news delivered weekly directly to your inbox. When in doubt, slow it down. It always works. Sign up today uh, if you're here in the Twitch. Oh, Joey, look at you. Oh, no, that, that that's level up. We, we, we need the GamerBytes one. Hadn't gotten there yet. <laughs> oh, cool. Uh, Gamer Bites in the chat. Hit that link uh, if you're on the podcatcher version of the show. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure we're having the show notes for you also down below. Click on that. Get your e weekly email there. Joe, let's get into gaming and eSports news. Let's kick 2023 off. Absolutely. So, John, kicking things off again, we're going to go through a couple of these hotter gaming topics that just got announced this week. One of them, it began to be rumored earlier on in the week. Then eventually Windows Central came out with an article pretty much saying this is most likely going to happen at the end of the month. And then we got an official announcement, and that is the Xbox Developer Direct set to happen on January 25th. So what is Xbox's Developer Direct? A lot of people were thinking this is like a mini E3 showcase. That is not the case. Uh, for those who haven't kind of followed the Xbox news cycle, they're trying to do something like Nintendo does with Directs or like Sony does with State of Plays here. So the idea here overall is we have so much news that comes out and there's so few big showcases to really showcase it. Uh, the big ones, like, historically have been E3. You have Gamescom later in August. Uh, E3 is June, for those who don't follow the cycle as closely. And then the Game Awards in December also pulls in some of those bigger announcements. Outside of those windows, though, your first six months of the year, right up until the middle of June, practically, there are no big showcases to host titles. And Xbox has already shown us that they have a very robust roadmap for the first six months of the year. You have potentially Starfield in there. You have Redfall. You have Forza Horizon, Minecraft Legends. All of these games that people are excited about, but there's no big showcase to show them. So now the answer is copying pretty much everyone else's homework. Nintendo's been doing this. Sony has been doing this. Both have seen a lot of success. Sony being the number one developer out there right now, as far as consoles go. or I mean, it depends how you look at it, right? User base, Sony's the winner. Console sold. The Switch is obviously head. It's been out a lot longer than the PS5. Um, but overall, those two are the top two. And what are they doing? They're doing this direct format. So Xbox is like, hey, it's working for you guys. Let's try it for ourselves. 
Now we're going to get the Xbox version of this. Uh, more or less, the big things they've emphasized here is there will be no host. In the past, they've had a lot of host-driven shows, a lot of that banter going on. Some of you guys tune in just for our banter. Well, you won't have much banter at this show. Uh, they're going to focus on gameplay. That's been the biggest thing that a lot of people have given feedback on. You guys want to see more games. We're going to give you more of that gameplay up front. On top of that, they're going to have developers involved, but instead of like those long developer interviews we sometimes get, it's going to be developers walking through the gameplay as it plays. So it'll be a lot of like, this is what you're seeing. This is what inspired that. Different things like that, at least from what we can kind of render from the article here. Um, overall, John, I'm kind of stoked for this format. Again, it's not something incredibly new because Nintendo's done it for years now and they've done a good job with it. But I like, I guess, the idea of Xbox trying something somewhat new, at least for themselves. Yeah, so I, I do like the host format. Like, even if it's pre-recorded uh, and there's, like, dialogue in between. Like, I, I personally enjoy that. I, I also get the Nintendo Direct uh, version where it's more like, okay, you have someone on there. They're kind of just going over the game real quick or giving you a quick, like, quick, like explanation of what you're watching on, on the screen. Um, I, I do kind of like the banter. Like, I kind of like... Uh, what Blizzard does uh, or has been doing with uh, the launch of Dragonflight, uh, where there is an actual conversation with members of that team. Like they give you a little bit of information here or there, and then they have a discussion while it's playing in the background. Like I, th I think that's great. That That's super uh, uh, informational and everything. That That's that's fine. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I kind of like having a host, even if it's like a, a recorded segment. Um, but I, I guess, you know, you you find out as you go and you know kudos to, to xbox for you know i'm not gonna say thinking outside the box but you know kind of reinventing the box for themselves here um and just having a like a developer direct i mean i think that's kind of cool I, I think it's a good step in the right direction yeah it feels like the industry as a whole is moving away from hosts at least yeah. for these smaller showcases now with it being said i think you bring up a good point they're good for those big showcases right i yeah. think hosts at e3 Host at Gamescom, host at the Game Awards. Maybe the Game Awards could cut down on some of their speech times. Uh, <laughs> hey, Chris Judge. <laughs> uh, but overall, I feel like hosts can have a good place in those longer shows. I think these ones being those, um, I mean, Nintendo has gone almost as short as like 15 minutes. The longest I think we've seen of these is about 45 to 50 minutes. So I think these shorter shows, it does make sense to kind of keep things flowing as quickly as possible. With that being said, I think... With the Xbox version versus the Nintendo version, I think we will still get some of that banter behind the scenes, it sounds like, if they are devs kind of talking through the inspirations for different games in certain areas or how things were designed in certain places. So I think it'll be a little combination of those two, kind of taking the idea of the Nintendo Direct and the Sony you say to play and combining those a little bit with some of that banter will be interesting to see. Um, on top of that, another thing Xbox has been criticized for is setting expectations. They have very clearly set expectations on this. We're looking at a 45-minute show, and we're looking to hear from at least four teams. Those are the Elder Scrolls Online team at ZeniMax Online Studios. They're talking about the next major chapter update. We have Forza Motorsport, the team at Turn 10, will be coming in and talking about that new game, which I think is going to release early spring. Then we have Minecraft Legends, that's Mojang and Blackbird Interactive, I believe, uh, is the other studio kind of working alongside them for that one. So they'll be hopping into the mix. And then we have Redfall um, from Arcane Studios over there as well. Um, they were known for Dishonored, known for Prey, known for these really, really cool games uh, with some deep environmental storytelling. With that being said, John, so we have four games. I think we'll see other surprises there. Uh, I think we can almost guarantee there will be Game Pass announcements there. Of these four games, does one stick out to you as one you're excited for or don't really care about any of them? What are your thoughts? I want Starfield. That's, that's all I care about. In 2023, 
Starfield is the only game I actually care about at the moment. Um, yeah, I'll tune in. I'll, I'll watch. Um, but I'll, I'll be honest, it, it's it's Starfield's year, uh, and and that's that's the hype. Like you can set standards all you want. I just want Starfield. I want Starfield. Well, John, you're going to get a proper amount of time for Starfield because they're going to do a deeper dive into that one in a standalone show later on as well. They didn't give us a date on this one. If I had to guess, I'm thinking kind of March range. But we really don't know when Starfield's going to come out, right? Like one, and this will be in our predictions later. They've told us it's supposed to be in the first six months of the year. They also told us it was supposed to come out last November. Uh, so we'll see when it ends up actually coming out. Um, but of these four games mentioned, I think Forza Motorsport is going to be a very big one. We've seen racing games do extremely well. Uh, the last Forza title, Forza Horizon 5, came out and hit over 20 million players. Uh, and it's pretty much its first year since launch, but a lot of those players really coming in that first month of launch uh, to start playing that game. And it's still doing extremely well on gameplay charts, which is amazing. Um, but Forza Motorsport is kind of like that ultra-realistic. Forza Horizon taking a little bit more of that arcade approach. For those that really want to dive into, uh, I mean, the F1 game did pretty well recently. NASCAR games have been on the rise. Uh, this is kind of the ability to take all of those together and kind of uh, be a little bit more creative with the way you form it as races are going to be a little bit more customizable than some of those more EA formula games. So it will be interesting how this one lands. I could see it popping up with a pretty decent esports scene in the racing circuit. Uh, I think the customization that people can put on cars is absolutely phenomenal in games like this. So I am pretty excited for that one. Um, but the one that really catches my attention the most is Redfall. I was super not excited for this, like as far unexcited as you could be when this one was first shown. It literally looked like Fortnite meets Left 4 Dead. It ended, I think, the showcase in 2020. You and I and Drew, I think, was with us for that. We're all kind of like, eh, that did not feel like a great way to end. It was just this long four to five minute CGI cinematic. Sure, you saw some cool abilities, but am I really interested in this game? And we were all kind of like a three out of ten on the ending there. Uh, I think since then, they've made this game look a lot grittier. They've added in, obviously, graphic polish since then. They've given us more of the story behind the scenes. It's an open-world co-op adventure that can be played single-player or with up to three friends alongside you, so a four-player total game. I'm kind of stoked for this game, to be honest. I like the idea of like the looter-shooter mechanics going on, so you can loot and increase your loot. Uh, there's some nice abilities to level up as you go through the game as well but on top of that i'm not a horror game fan but i love the idea of kind of jumping into these games like a left for dead like a back for blood this one adding in that depth and that environmental storytelling that arcane brings to the table i really think it's going to be a fun experience i could see us doing some fun streams or at least some fun uh vc chats while doing some of this gameplay um i know vampires are also a little overdone here and there I would argue zombies are more overdone than vampires. Um, with that being said, I am pretty stoked for this. So I'm hoping, John, you and I can dive in with a few others uh, and kind of get some Redfall action going when it releases later this year, which I think is going to be May. No. no <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. Because uh, I know there's like a couple of co-op games that like we we got two, three hours in and just fell off the fa uh, face of the earth uh, in, in, in regards to playing them. Uh, but yes, we'll we'll try to make something happen here. Um, but uh, just real quick, did I tell you what my nephew did in, in Forza uh, with one of the cars he customized that he got in there? Should I be concerned? <laughs> well, he's a stereotypical 13-year-old boy. Let's put it to you that yeah. way. Uh, but he definitely, <laughs> definitely has the same sense of humor that runs in my family. Uh, he got one of those white utility work vans. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, and then no. put on the side of the van <laughs> free candy inside. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh 
I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> he, was, he just looked at me and smiled. I'm like, you are so weird. Uh, it was it was pretty funny. Uh, but yeah. Well, at least uh, he knows what to look out for, right? That's exactly. how I'm going to take that. <laughs> yes, he he. he he knows the warning signs. Very, very, very well done, William. I probably appreciate that. Makes me sleep better at night. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great. Uh, but yeah, uh, Forza is always great. Uh, I know my nephew talks about Forza all the time. It's one of his favorite games. He's got cars and cars galore. Cars I didn't even realize were in the game. Special unlock cars. Uh, the the kid is like I think he's put like over four hundred hours into the game, mm. which I. Don't even think I did that with Gran Turismo at his age, uh, so yeah, it was it's it's very interesting. He he loves his cars and and Forza is a really great game. So I mean that's that's really a compliment to the game and the developers for creating such an awesome game that you can hold the attention span of a thirteen year old, not just any thirteen year old, my nephew. That's it's a that's a pretty big challenge. Yeah, that's awesome, and they've done a good job like adding new yeah. cars. They've added new content. There's the ability to create new maps from players as well and that's kind of added on via modes and maps as well so yeah it is a good game as far as like long life in that sense they continue to add more content to it and speaking of new content i don't know if it'll be here or not um but i'm expecting us to see the next expansion for forza soon they dropped the hot wheels one later last year it was pretty good, came out to some great reviews, and I would say it's a pretty complete expansion overall, um, but looking for something a little bit deeper, I'm hoping we maybe get our first look, whether it be a teaser trailer or a teaser word, something like that, uh, to kind of bring us into that next expansion, which should be coming out sooner than later for Forza Horizon 5 as well. Anything else to think of for this direct stream? Um, I do think, again, there will be Game Pass titles mentioned here that are not these four included. Uh, it's about 45 minutes long, so I think you'll get some... I would guess Redfall has a decent amount of gameplay to it. All four of these will be showing gameplay of some sort. But on top of that, I think we do get some Game Pass announcements slid in there. Uh, we really haven't had much announced for January. There's Monster Hunter Rise. There was, I think it was Deep Stranded or Stranded Deep or something like that got released earlier this month ahead of the announcement. There's two Persona games coming out this month. But four or five Game Pass titles is very small compared to what we normally get in a month. So I'm expecting quite a few drops in this show in particular. Whether they be for January or whether they be for a really beefy February, I'm not quite sure. Um, but I do think Game Pass will be coming in hot and heavy, uh, at least in between these gameplay showcases, if not pretty littered throughout in general as well. Oh my gosh. Okay, chat. I see you over there. Everyone Very funny. drink. Let's Very go. Very funny, chat. Hey, Very funny. Okay, next up in the news is Ubisoft, John, and this is all but soft. It's actually quite hard, the things going on at Ubisoft. Uh, they have had a lot of issues going on. Uh, we've seen them cancel project after project. They canceled four late last year in the last quarter. They canceled three more unannounced games this week. On top of that, our good old buddy Skull and Bones. Uh, it's continued to try to set sail for what feels like three or four years now. It's been through three development teams. They have an alpha going out there somewhere, I believe. Some people have signed NDAs on. Uh, this poor game, John, it just, I feel like there's always a leak aboard this ship and they just cannot get the water out as it still has not launched. Yeah, um, look, I, I'm going to I'm gonna be that guy real quick. Uh, just scrap the game. Uh, it's 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 not even worth it right now uh I, I get there's a demand for for pirate games especially open world games where you can have your ship and everything that's the reason why sea of thieves continues to do so well uh it, you know sea of thieves came out with a bang they kind of slowed down a little bit then went like super live service uh and it's done incredibly well and then they're starting to make more and more updates to the games 
uh, to the game, and a lot of people are responding well to it. But, you know, a lot of people are also looking for Skull and Bones because it's going to offer a different uh, level, of, of, if you will, of a, of, of a pirate-style game. But if you're going through three development teams, uh, you know, each development team is going to want to change something that the other development team did. So you have to go back and almost start from scratch. Uh, and then it constantly gets delayed. I, I feel like gamers have become accustomed to games being delayed once, uh, being delayed twice, and eh, maybe not so much being delayed three plus times. Uh, it, it sometimes it's better just to cut your losses and just move on to the next project. But at this point, John, it's been delayed that many times, and it's so close to setting sail. Is it though? Is it? Uh, <laughs> is, is, we hope, is it so we close? Hope it is. I mean, at least as a playable alpha out there, right? So they're somewhere. They've is it playable moved though? Along. Um, supposedly, <laughs> I mean, neither of us has tried it to my knowledge, so it is out there in the wild. Um, we've heard of people who've tried it, who've enjoyed it, and I think there's pluses and minuses, right? Like certain things look good, other things look a little bit too environmental controlled. So like. With Sea of Thieves, I think one of the best parts of that game is being able to board other vessels. In this game, boarding is a cinematic. That, to me, is just... Uh, it just hurts my pirate heart a little bit. Um, I think resource gathering it might be one of the most annoying parts in Sea of Thieves, but it's a huge part of that game. In this, it like does the automatic gathering for you. Like, I'm just going to sit here and stroke my parrot while the resources are gathered? Like, I mean, there's just certain things that are like, okay... It's a pirate game. Let me be a pirate. And I get that. I think certain boat mechanics are cool. I like the way they've kind of incorporated some of what we had with like Assassin's Creed Black Flag. You were really enjoying this over there. Um, no, I, you said something and <laughs> I heard your voice in my head in a pirate voice going, Arg, this don't be shivering my booty. It was just like, that's like. Wow. Like, Thank you for sharing. <laughs> you're welcome. I'm just like, and I couldn't get it out of my head. I was like, this is horrible. Wow. Good times. Uh, it says, John, down some more grog over there. Uh, I think this is one, right? Like, it's going to come out. It's going to make its way out. Uh, I'm going to, I don't know if this is a bold prediction at this point. Maybe it is because it's been delayed so many times. I do think it makes it out this spring. Uh, it was originally supposed to come out, I believe, in March. I think. I think by, uh, I don't want to, I want to say May, um, but I'll go June. I'll say at least by, before E3, Skull and Bones will make its way out to players. Will it be any good? I'm not going to go as far as to say it will, um, but it will find its way out. It will set sail onto the sales charts and onto our consoles and PCs. Uh, at least by June is going to be my guess on that one. Any other thoughts on Skull and Bones? Are you excited for this game at all? I know we have friends that are on the Discord server. I am not super sold on this one. Um, I would probably give it a try if I could find it in a nice discount bin or a nice digital discount bin. Uh, but it's definitely not one I'm going out and spending 60 bucks on. Uh, confession time with Fiasco. Uh, bless me, Joey, for I have committed a gaming sin. Um, <laughs> I love Assassin's Creed. I love all the Assassin's Creed games except for one. Uh, and it was Black Flag. I was not a fan of Black oh, Flag. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, sea of Thieves. How long did it take you to get me to play Sea of Thieves? And then it quickly died off for us. Um, then on top of that, uh, you know, everyone's hyped about Skull and Bones. It keeps getting delayed. I can't get hyped about it. Um, so, yeah, I honestly, Joey, this game could die yesterday. And I would not care. Why did I just get an Xbox notification? Uh, that was... Wow, maybe dark. you already have a sale ready for Skull yeah, and Bones right? over there. Yeah, right. Hold on a second. It's just hold now, and I'm kind of curious as to what the hell it was. Can you but, read um, it to us in a pirate voice? 
Uh, no, Joey, but uh, but Blake <laughs> did spend ten, or uh, actually a hundred. So you have to do it like ten times now. Uh, you have to. Uh, we have to hear you shill for Xbox in a pirate voice. I saw that, and I'm just trying to think of like a pirate voice, like. Arg me, Xbox be loading up on the shores today. <laughs> Is your pirate Scottish? <laughs> I, I don't know, right? I think I watched like Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, my wife is probably like, y'all are crackheads. Um, oh, my God. I, I will refund your channel points because that was painful. Uh, that's good times right there. Good times. Uh, what else we got here? I honestly so don't know what that what that um, <laughs> notification was about. I can't even find it on my Xbox app. But I'm pretty sure it said something about FIFA 23, oh. um, which I purchased that like months ago. So I'm a little nervous if it's like, oh, thanks for your purchase. I'm like, I've already purchased Maybe it was an update. Maybe it said, like, FIFA is done updating. I've never been notified. I mean, my Xbox isn't even on. It, it needs to stop. It, it needs to quit. It's always on. Okay. Okay. Skull and Bones. We're going <laughs> to set sail on that topic. Next up, uh, it's planning to reduce costs. So this is Ubisoft overall. Again, Ubisoft in trouble. Canceled games. Skull and Bones delayed. On top of that, they're planning to reduce costs by hundreds of millions of dollars, somewhere in the 200 to 300 million range. They're citing natural attrition and divesting of non-core assets. What do either of these mean? Uh, for me, natural attrition means, hey, uh, a lot of people were buying games during COVID. Now those sales are going down. But on top of that, it also probably means we're going to see some layoffs, unfortunately, uh, if I had to guess. And then divesting of non-core assets. This is going to be potentially selling off those smaller studios, selling off IPs that they're no longer utilizing. Uh, I think those will be the biggest things we see in those two categories, if I had to guess. Again, super unfortunate if you're Ubisoft, if you're an Ubisoft shareholder, uh, if you like Ubisoft content, it sounds like there will be uh, potentially some downsizing both on the staff level and potentially on the IP level. But also, it means it could open them up for potential investments as well, John. We've seen a lot of acquisitions. Obviously, the big one being talked about right now is Microsoft and Activision. Different parties coming out and supporting it. Different parties coming out and going against it. The FTC trying to make their case against it as well. Uh, Ubisoft being much, 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 much smaller than Activision makes them a pretty attractive target here. I think they're in the 5 to $8 billion range, if I had to guess. Again, it kind of varies depending on what the stock market's doing any given day. Uh, but given its trend downward, they're probably closer to $5 billion at this point than $8 billion. Uh, I do see Ubisoft as a potential target, but at the same point, when you look at these ailing companies, I don't know how many people want to go in and pick them up either. Is that adjusted for uh, inflation or? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it. I, first off, I want to say how ridiculous uh, this conversation is about, you know, oh, it's a lot smaller than the Blizzard Activision uh, Microsoft uh, attempted merger because uh, it's only around five billion dollars, uh, a a figure I will never see in my lifetime. Uh, so <laughs> I'm just like, geez. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think they could definitely be acquired. I mean, they're a good studio. <laughs> they have a great portfolio that would be big for any larger studio or groups of studios to come together for. Um, I guess it makes sense. Um, reduce costs. I mean, you make it easier to be acquired and merged with. I mean, right. it, I think it's a smart move. Uh, but at the end of the day, if, if you don't even end up getting acquired, you just with how weird the global economy is right now, downsizing as terrible as this is going to sound may not be a bad idea. 
uh, you run a little bit more efficiently, you save a little bit more money, you're able to do what you need to do and you figure out what's the most important thing for your studio going forward. Granted, when you downsize, when you do something like that, people lose their jobs, they lose income, and then there's a whole other thing that goes along with that. But uh, yeah, it's I, I think it's a smart move for Ubisoft, and I do think it will eventually end with a buyout or a merger. Yeah, I think that's going to be the big thing, right? Like keeping an eye out for all of that, how it's going to play out. Um, there are some things in its favor, right? If you end up reducing some of the projects, you can move some of those staff to other projects as well. And then from there, they can kind of help push out those games a little bit quicker. There's some big ones in the works, right? Like Star Wars. We know they have an open world game over at Ubisoft Massive in the works. You have two Avatar games, a mobile game, and a premium AAA console and PC game in the works. Uh, they supposedly have one more big game that they haven't announced yet still to be announced this year as well. So there's a number of big projects out there that are going to have that success. I mean, regardless of how Assassin's Creed does, which will probably do well, you're looking at some of the other ones like Star Wars in and of itself. As long as your developer is cleaner than what we've seen with some of the other developers cleaning doing Star Wars games right now, uh, there will be quite a bit of a following just from that fan base. Avatar as well. People have criticized Avatar, but it's already gone out there and made about $2 billion in the box office in a few months. Uh, really a few weeks. I don't even think it's been out a full month. So you look at some of these IPs that they're utilizing that they have partnerships with Disney on, they're going to pull in massive numbers on top of what you're already pulling in that are pretty strong with Assassin's Creed, uh, with stuff like Tom Clancy games. Uh, a lot of these IPs that Ubisoft have have a lot of value to them. But we've also seen them kind of, I would say, flounder when it comes to some of these free-to-play games, right? Like Fortnite is doing extremely well. Apex Legends doing pretty darn well. Uh, Modern Warfare with Warzone doing pretty well. So Ubisoft really trying to dive heavily into that free-to-play model. Like, what is our free-to-play game? We are not EA that can just live off of FIFA microtransactions. We're not Microsoft that can live off of Windows profit. We have to find a way to make money within the gaming industry in and of itself. And I think one of the ways that they're doing that, outside of, again, putting out so many Assassin's Creed games, is trying to find their free-to-play live service game. And it's just not working for them so far. I mean, do you remember that Hyperscape game that came out, John? I think the server shut down, like, within a month of it launching. You have X Defiant that has had its test kind of moved. It was supposed to launch, like, last September, and then it got moved, and then it got moved, and then it got moved, and it just keeps getting moved. And I doubt that one even makes its way out. So, I mean, that's the biggest issue, right? Like, you're seeing so many projects that they're trying to start in this free-to-play space, and then they just can't find footing, and then they just pivot to the next thing. So, I think they're still trying to find out what they should do in today's economy, in a sense, for the gaming world. Joe, I don't know if you're paying attention to our fantastic chat that we have here. No, uh, I haven't seen show any that was not advertised week. at all. Uh, we're talking about Cures for Hiccups. Uh, we have uh, Pot of Lungs. This is a complete tangent, and I love it. Uh, Pot of Luck comes with facts stating if you have hiccups, think to yourself, I'm not a fish, and your hiccups go away. That Apparently does not work. 15 that, plus no times. Uh, then, then Alan hits it up with not, at, not nearly as effective as dangling yourself upside down and drinking water. Um, I, too, have a solution that works. It's drinking water through a paper towel. Uh, that has worked every single time as well. So there we go. So I've tried a few of those, uh, two of them. They haven't worked for me. The paper towel being one of them. Sorry, John. I have not tried Pot of Luck's fish theory or Joey, not a fish theory. <laughs> I, I'm going to be completely honest. You don't count, okay? When it, <laughs> when it comes to that tactic, you probably messed it up somehow. Your bougie water filter probably just didn't allow it to happen properly. My pirate voice probably came out during your, it was the real <laughs> your, issue. Your Scottish pirate <laughs> voice came out halfway through it. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we, we were having this conversation at work earlier, ironically enough, like talking about hiccups. And everyone seriously has their own like theories to getting rid of hiccups. For me, and this one has never failed, it's eating a spoonful of peanut butter. I don't know why. Uh, I haven't tried crunchy peanut butter. It's always been smooth peanut butter. Uh, but a spoonful of peanut butter has almost always gotten rid of me, like almost instantly. No idea why. Um, yeah, I really have no idea. I was thinking like a dog gets it like stuck on the top of their mouth and that's like a dog thing for like pills or something, but don't give me that look. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know why it works. It just works. Just, I don't even just, know who came up with it. You just compared yourself to giving dogs medicine with peanut butters. I, I mean, I am also, <laughs> I would love my medicine and cheese. I'm totally down for that method as well. Oh, no, Joey. Blake has redeemed 100 channel points to waterboard you. Uh, so we're going to have to get that set up a little bit later. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, my gosh. I'm dying. Um, where even are we on this show notes? Uh, okay. I don't even know anymore. So Ubisoft. We're almost done with Ubisoft. Uh, John, I know you're going to have a fiery take on this one because this is a lot of fun. Um, Ubisoft CEO Guy Mont, I think is how it's pronounced. Again, I do not speak French, so I probably mispronounced that, has reportedly told staff that, in quotes, the ball is in your court. Uh, so that's what he told to his staff after the statement to the shareholders. And he said to deliver on time and on budget games. So, hey, staff, it's your responsibility to do these things so we don't go under. On top of that, he came out and said, today, more than ever, I need your full energy and commitment to ensure we get back on the path to success. Uh, that one sounds a little bit more reasonable, but sending it out in a letter to your staff right after this tough shareholders meeting that you're getting criticized for all over social media, your first comment is, hey, staff, the ball is in your court. That's probably not the way I would choose to lead off in that situation. Yeah. Okay, cool. The ball's in my court. What are you doing? What are you doing as the leader of this studio to encourage me uh oh you you gave me a job Con congratulations great I, I i appreciate that what are you doing in return to motivate me as an employee of your company to ensure it gets done on time because if you're going to threaten people with their job guess what it's 2023 that ish don't work no more it's as simple as that uh, people will quit just because they do not like you. In fact, a good chunk of, of people still quit because their managers or CEOs are morons. Uh, so if Guillermo over here wants to go ahead Guillermo. and, you know, it, like if, if he wants to make a complete ass of himself here and, and blame the developers that are already working their butts off to get these games out on time uh, and I, and on budget, like I, are, are, are you kidding me? Like, that's what they're trying to do. And then you're going to put even more pressure on them with, with like a, a letter to the entire company. And then you're going to put this out there, their shareholders and everything. That's ridiculous. You're the leader. At the end of the day, the buck stops with you. No one's going to go to Chad in the sound effects apartment and be like, oh, you're the reason why this game didn't get launched. They're going to go, no. Hey, CEO, Mr. Gillimont or whatever your name is. Uh, you know, you're, it's it's your studio. It is your responsibility. The buck stops with you. This game didn't came. This thing, game didn't didn't come out on time. It came out over budget. That's on you. It's not on Chad. It's not on Steven. It's not on on Tabitha, Samantha, or, or whatever generic name I can come up with. It's not on them. It's on you. You wanted to get done. You motivate your employees. You get it done. It's as simple as that. Period. End of story. You don't have to make it public. 
In fact, it just makes you even look more like a donkey uh, by doing that. You don't do that. Just quit being a donkey. Help your employees out. Get your stuff out on time. Simple as that. Uh, Justin, John, you have to apologize. Chat actually works in animation, not sound, according to chat. My apologies. Uh, I was thinking of Chadwick. Chadwick is in uh. is in sound. Chad is in animation. My apologies to Chad and Chadwick. Yeah, I mean the ball was in your court, Don, and you just had to drop it there. I just wasn't um. motivated. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just I just didn't. I, I you know what? But Joey, I came in under budget. That's all I care about. I came in under budget. I mean, that's the biggest issue here, right? Like, all these people are working on projects. They're probably working overtime. I mean, we know crunch is such a big thing in the games industry already. You canceled four games last month. Now you're can or last quarter. You're canceling three games now. So all these people who've been putting in the time, putting in the effort to try to get these games out in a reasonable fashion have just got their projects cut from under them. And then on top of that, your buddy Skull and Bones just continues to roll on over the waves of cancellations and delays time and time again. So it's just like, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like the way to lead off a statement if you're trying to inspire staff. Again, I do like the ending where he says, I need your full energy and commitment to ensure we get back on the path to success. That, to me, sounds a little bit more leader-like. Um, but the beginning to start off the balls in your court doesn't seem like the way to lead, uh, at least lead by example at the very least. Uh, that's kind of like, hey, guys, I did what I can, but you guys have got to meet your dates. you got to meet your your budgets and all of this stuff to actually make us a success. And I think there's better ways to put that, better ways to motivate your staff than coming out and saying this after you're getting slammed on social media. Uh, so for me, I think that was just Ubisoft overstepping in that bounds as far as CEOs go. Um, but overall, I feel like I, I just I don't know what's going to happen to Ubisoft, right? Like, I think there's good projects out there. I think Star Wars will be huge for them. Again, I think Avatar will be pretty big. I think Assassin's Creed, when those games continue to flow out, will be big as well. Um, but overall, with a lot of games canceled, with a lot of like floundering with these games like Hyperscape, we just really have no idea. And there's definitely buyers out there. I mean, obviously, Microsoft is tied up right now, but Sony could come in here. Amazon has been looking at studios. Tencent, obviously, always looking. Uh, our good buddy over there in Saudi Arabia just continues to buy everything in the world, it feels like. Um, they just invested in, what, three more companies, I think, this week, Nintendo being one of them that they increased a stake in. So they're kind of becoming the Tencent of the Middle East at this point with Saudi Arabia's public investment group or investment fund or something like that is what it's called, uh, buying into a whole bunch of things. So uh, it's always curious to kind of see how things are going to play out, but they're another big player to look at. Embracer Group out there as well being a big player. So uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of different people looking in. Ubisoft kind of being a minnow in a water of sharks at the moment as they kind of flounder around. Yeah, so like the CEO needs to be more like Joey. Needs to be more like Courtside King. And, and, oh and, and no, what does that the mean? The reason I say that is you got to know what makes your employees tick. You got to know how you can how you can trick them uh, in, into getting them to work harder for you. Uh, like take Joey for example. <laughs> he wants to do all of these meetings and everything, and I come up with every excuse in the book not to not to go to these meetings. Like I, I'm just <laughs> I'm just busy. Uh, it's as simple as that. I, I don't want to sit in the meeting at, at 6 o'clock on a Wednesday night. I'd rather be doing something else. So then Joey goes, hey, John, I'm reaching out to you as your friend, Joey, not as your OTN boss, Joey. Let's go to a winery. Let's go to a brewery or a distillery. And I'm like, yeah, alcohol. Cool. Let's go. And I get there and there's a PowerPoint presentation set up <laughs> and there's a stack of papers in front of me and like, a half a glass of alcohol. And he's like, all right, welcome to the OTN meeting. And I'm just like, you tricked me. How dare you? And then I turn around and the doors are locked and there's secret service there and I can't leave. Like, I just don't understand what's going on. But that's what the CEO 
needs to do. You got to know <laughs> what makes it what what make motivates your employees to show up. Oh my gosh, that is quite the story you got there, sir. It's accurate, um, though. But yes, I, I do agree. Uh, not with all of that story. Uh, let that be known. Um, but I do think there are probably better ways out there to motivate some of the employees in this situation. I hope it works out for Ubisoft. Um, if they're acquired, then they're acquired. I hope they're acquired by someone good, uh, someone that'll bring in some of these employees and allow them to continue to be creative and hopefully to get games out a little bit quicker than Skull and Bones, but also not to cancel as many projects as well would be nice. Now, with that being said, we've talked a lot about the struggles of Ubisoft. Let's talk about something that looks to be quite successful. Uh, as far as all these movies go, there are tons of video game adaptations in the movie world right now, in the TV world, uh, in books as well. But really in TV and movies, we've seen a huge influx. There's something of 70 plus projects out there currently in the works of adaptations from games that have been uh, all different varying levels of success, from huge AAA books and movies, um, huge AAA games becoming books and movies, uh, two smaller games like indies kind of becoming popular, picking up some steam and then eventually being translated over as well. Uh, one of the biggest ones is HBO's The Last of Us series, which has been reviewing incredibly well so far. For those that remember when we started to see these pop up, I had three that I was looking most forward to. They were The Last of Us one from HBO, and I don't remember who these other ones are from. Uh, one of them was Fallout, which is either Amazon or Netflix. And then the other one was um, the Elder Scrolls, which is either the other one that was not Fallout uh, is that one. Um, so those are kind of the big three I've been looking for. Those are the three that I can see being that epic level of like a Game of Thrones, um, kind of on that huge scale of big production quality of rich IPs that they can really dive into. This one in particular has doing extremely well. 97% uh, from critics on Rotten Tomatoes. I think that's like 60-some critic scores in, if I remember correctly, at this point. Uh, I have high expectations for this, John. I think the game in and of itself is great. It won a ton of awards for story when it came out. Tons of gamers loved it. It sold a ton of copies. Uh, it's really been raved as one of the best games of last generation. And I think The Last of Us has potential on the silver screen as well. And we see it coming out here in a TV series with a high budget from HBO. Uh, again, I haven't seen an episode yet, but I have very high expectations. And it seems like they're meeting critics at least as well. Yeah, I mean, e even Halo had a decent score of 70 and the rest of the audience thought it was 50. Uh, when it finally came out for season one. Uh, yeah, I mean, cool, great. Critics like it. Um, there's a lot of <laughs> movies and TV shows that critics get horribly, horribly wrong. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think my hesitation on video game adaptations to TV or movies uh, is well documented if you've been here with us on Level Up for, for a while. Uh Cool, great. Uh, Sixty-eight-year-old uh, movie reviewer Sinbad thinks uh, the Last of Us on HBO Max is going to be fantastic. Cool, great. I I don't believe you at all. You last video game you probably touched was an Atari, uh, and that's fine. I'm not I'm not shaming you for that, but um, I I don't know. I'm sorry. I. Blame it on the Mario Bros. movie uh, back in the 90s. I don't care. Uh, I just, uh, look, it's, everyone has their thing, and, and, and this is my thing. I do not trust any, uh, any critic, any, anything when it comes to video game adaptations. Uh, the one that has proved me wrong, and I've gone on record multiple times saying it proved me wrong, was Arcane. Made me super nervous, and it was absolutely <clears throat> fan-freaking-tastic. Um, I'm sorry, that's an anomaly in my book. That That's one good adaptation out of, like, 50. 
Uh, so I'm going to need a, a bigger sample size of, of good video game adaptations to streaming sites, to movies, in order for me to finally get over my PTSD. That is the Mario Super Mario Bros. movie uh, of the 90s. So uh, simple as that. Uh, yes, Fiasco is a critic of critics, 100%. Sounds like shaming. Absolutely. I, I have zero shame in that. Critics are terrible because critics can be bought. Just like Mel Kuyper Jr. should not be listened to when it comes to the NFL draft because it's been proven that he gets paid by agents to hype up certain players. Same thing happens with critics. They are paid by studios to hype up certain TV shows and movies. That's why, uh, fun fact, everyone has an opinion. You should probably go see it and look for yourself. And if, if you enjoy it, great. You enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, great. You don't enjoy it. Don't let Sinbad the critic tell you what to like and what not to like. Simple as that. Wow, you took, I did not expect this approach from you. Like, I yeah. know you have a very uh, cynical view, let's say, of video game <laughs> movies and how they've come out. Um, but this was a lot deeper than I was expecting for The Last of Us. Tell me I'm wrong, though. I mean, tell me I'm I wrong. Mean, I think I would say, and this might be a bold claim, I, I think we're kind of moving into the golden age of video game adaptations to movies, to be honest. I mean, like, you listed a good one. Arcane was huge. I think Arcane is probably one of the best animated shows out there in general to, to, to date, really, to be honest. Uh, I mean, from music design, art design, story, the way it wove in the video game characters, but also added depth to them. It gave us a great backstory, and I'm not going to send out spoilers, um, but a few of the champions in League of Legends out there. Uh, I highly recommend it. Arcane Season 2, already in the works. But I mean, like Cyberpunk Edge Runners, it was definitely on the mature side, but I think they did a good job. Uh, Mass Effect, I think, has done a or not Mass Effect, uh, Dragon Age, rather, uh, has done a good job with their new show on Netflix. It's a few episodes. I haven't finished it. Um, but so far, I think the character depth is good. It adds into the environment. It pulls themes from the game in. But again, I think one of the things that we're learning as a society, and The Last of Us is kind of not really doing this, but it is doing what it is doing well, I think some of these shows are starting to take, and this has kind of been one of our suggestions before, taking the idea of the environment or the world that something is taking place and branching a story off of it. And I think that's something that a lot of these shows and even the movies are starting to take advantage of. Like, hey, we already know everything about Marcus Phoenix and Gears of War. Let's take a look at some of the other characters. Let's dive off into someone else. And I think more of these shows are starting to do that, whether it be a theme within the show or the game, rather, into a show or into a movie, whether it be a certain character being spun off, whether it being a certain race that we're getting more about. And I think that's kind of the way to move forward with this. Now, there are other ones like the Nier Automata anime recently came out. That is by far the closest I have ever seen to a one-on-one -on -one game adaptation to a series, at least through one episode. It is literally spot on to what the game plays like, uh, which is insane because a lot of people are afraid to do that because people already know the story. I think that's probably going to do extremely well viewership-wise, though, especially with Japan. But with that being said, I think the bigger approach and kind of the one that you've definitely suggested before, John, is to kind of branch off. Give us a new story in the same universe. Give us something different as gamers where we can still relate to the IP, but it also can bring in new players while also giving those gamers who know the original story something different that they're not quite as critical about because they know exactly how it plays out. So I think we're going to start to see more and more of that as we move forward. And again, The Last of Us is more or less taking the same road as the game, but it is kind of branching off some major differences here and there. Uh, they've talked a little bit about that, but again, we haven't seen the whole series, so I don't know exactly what those branches are, um, but it will be taking some liberties from the actual game lore. But a lot of these series, a lot of these properties being developed are kind of taking that branching approach. Don't do what Halo the TV series did. That was do too not, much of a branched approach. <laughs> do not branch that far and do not remove Master Chief's helmet in the very first episode. Spoiler alert! It happens. It's terrible. 
Uh, they should have learned from the Mandalorian, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I, I think the Halo... Yeah, the Halo series did not do well in many different areas. I think the combat was also not very well done. I think the special effects were poor. Uh, if I had to compliment one thing with that show, well, I'll give them two things. I think the armor was really good. I think they did a good job, and they trained them for months to be able to carry the armor, so it actually has the full weight of what you'd imagine the armor having. I think that is a plus. And I think the cinematic shots as far as the actual environments and the planets was phenomenally well done. Uh, it looked very similar to the way those were shot in Dune, the movie that did extremely well. Um, so I think those two things were good. I think everything else was mid or below. So we'll see what season two brings, but my expectations are very, uh, let's say, leveled at this point for that series. Dune and Halo, the TV series, should never be compared in any way possible because Dune was an absolute masterpiece. Okay, I just compared <laughs> single shots of a camera. It uh -uh. probably happened nope. like seven times. Throughout the I movie. will die on this hill. Dune's credit roll was even better than the end of episode credit rolls for the Halo TV series. Everything about the Halo TV series made me want to gouge my eyeballs out and <laughs> beg for God to end my suffering. Uh, and that was only after one episode. Uh, so, yeah, that's it's, it's bad. It's It's bad. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, I went into that one with very low expectations and it met my very, well, it probably even went below my <laughs> low expectations. Uh, but again, The Last of Us, high expectations, Fallout, high expectations, Elder Scrolls, high expectations. I actually think the Gears of War animated series, I'm going to have high expectations. I think the live action will probably be on par with Doom, not Dune, um, for that live action. <laughs> I'm not expecting good things for that one, but we'll have to see what it does bring when it eventually comes out. Will you be checking out The Last of Us on HBO, John? I actually haven't checked. I think episode one might be out. Pot of Luck probably knows in chat over here. Um, but I at least will be checking this one out. Yeah, I most likely will be checking it out, um, mainly just because of the cast. Uh, the the cast is absolutely fantastic. I, I know they're very talented. Um, so that alone would be enough to get me to watch it. Uh, yeah, um, I will be honest. I, I am nervous, uh, and I always will be nervous for, like I said, for any video game adap adaptation in Hollywood. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens. I'm I'm hopeful. Uh, Arcane gave me some hope, uh, while it was very little. Uh, it can easily be squandered with a really, 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 really bad series. Uh, thank you, Halo. Uh, but I, luckily, I pulled myself away after one episode, so I don't have to worry about that. So yeah. Oh, my gosh. You didn't even give it a chance. But nope. it didn't really get that much better, so I don't blame uh, you too you. much there. Thank you. <laughs> hey, Joey, Once if I the helmet to, came off, it was only going down. If I continue to watch it, you'd be looking for a new co-host. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, and Pot of Luck did confirm in chat. Episode 1 comes out on the 15th. Uh, and from what we know, no helmets will be removed, so... We'll keep an eye out for that one once it does release. Okay, John, next up, and we have gone quite a few on tangents for this, <laughs> uh, or have gone on quite a few tangents this episode. So we'll wrap up with just a couple predictions and then call it a night as we ease ourselves back into Level Up and into the year 2023. Uh, let's talk release dates, John. First and foremost, Starfield. Uh, this is arguably a top five title for this year. I would argue you're looking at Hogwarts Legacy, Spider-Man 2, the Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, Starfield, and then I'll leave the fifth up for debate. I think most people would probably argue Star Wars Jedi Survivor would be in that top five um, as that fifth spot. But some other fans, like horror fans, might argue Dead Space and so on and so forth. So for now, we'll leave that open-ended. With that being said, Starfield being in that top five, we were given a original release date of 11-11-2022. 
That obviously did not happen, and it had the skull and bones treatment of getting that delay. Uh, it's made its way into the first six months of 2023. Do we expect it to still release in those first six months? And if so, what month? Or do we expect it to get delayed maybe later on to fall or holiday 2023? Uh, it would not be. It would not surprise me if it was delayed to the uh, holiday time frame. If I'm being completely honest, uh, if it does come out in the in the original six month mark, it's going to be on the very, very, very last day. They're going to do exactly what uh, Blizzard did for Dragonflight, uh, which is like, oh, it's going to be released before the end of November. And when did it come out? Like the last day of November is was what it felt like. It was really the week before the last week. But anywho, um, but yeah, uh, if it does come out in the first six months, it's it's going to be towards the very 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 end of it but it would not surprise me in fact i would probably argue it'd be smarter for them to push it off to the holiday uh kind of build up the hype a little bit more get time to market it a little bit more because right now i mean we don't really have too much content we have the initial teaser uh of the sizzle reel which was fantastic we had some gameplay which looks really really cool i want to see more gameplay i, I want to see more and obviously we're going to be getting that here with a uh, uh starfield event um, but it wouldn't. It would not surprise me if it was delayed one more time to the holiday season. Okay, so it's not going to surprise you. But what are you predicting? I'm are we getting a delay, or is it releasing in the first six months? Ah, uh, sure, first six months. Why not? I'm going to be optimistic. It's a, it's a new year. I can't be negative on on our first show of 2023. <laughs> I've already been negative. It's funny. Uh, I'm going to go with delay here, folks. Boo. Unfortunately. Um, I mean, so what do we know? We know it was supposedly practically done in November, and they've just been doing polishing since then, but they're polishing a 1,000 planets. Like, some of these are handcrafted. Some are, again, procedurally generated, so those won't have to be polished as much. But even with the procedural generation, supposedly there are those handcrafted set pieces that will be mixed in here and there. Um, I think if it does release in the first six months, it's going to be after E3, um, maybe like right kissed up against the side there, if I had to guess. Um, but I, I don't know. I just, I think right after E3 would be the closest I could see it. I just don't see it before then. I would love for it to drop in March. Um, I think that would be a cool way to just get it out there and be done. But if I had to guess, just given the way the industry has trended, I think delay is probably the side I'm going to err on. It's probably going to be delayed, let's be honest here. That's what I'm thinking, but who knows? I mean, I really don't know. It's just kind of a guess, but given trends, that feels like the deal. Um, so the other one I want to talk about here is another release, John, and this is GoldenEye. Uh, this one has been announced for the Nintendo, I was about to say the Nintendo 64, uh, the Nintendo Switch, as well as Coming out in, in, in 1994, <laughs> the brand yep. new game. <laughs> so Nintendo and Xbox, I think PC as well, but I really don't know on that. Um, this one was told to be coming out soon when it was announced in October. Uh, soon has now equaled about three plus months. So we are starting to get toward the beginning of that skull and bones range of delays. Uh, when do you think we get GoldenEye? Do you think this is something we get in early 2023? Do you think we, do we ever get it? Do we get it after the whole Russia Ukraine stuff is over? Cause that was supposedly the big reason for the delay initially, uh, because it kind of dives into a little bit of Russian military stuff. Um, I really hope we get this one, but again, we just haven't really heard anything but soon, and soon has been so long ago. <laughs> I'm dying over the, the emote pot of luck just used in chat. <laughs> the prime you don't say thing? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that thing looks creepy. <laughs> um, yes, I want Goldeneye. I, I want the release of it. Uh, I love that game. It was a game that uh, was probably one of 
the five most influential games of my childhood. I freaking love that game. I want the remastered version. I want the redone version. I want to see it in all of its glory. I want to play the game again. Um, and not on an N64 because I, to this day, do not understand how I used that controller. Uh, but yeah, it's, yeah. The good old Triton. Yeah. Um, I think it does release. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it releases in the first three months of 2023. I do think we'll get it sooner than later. Um, Advance Wars was another game that was kind of delayed due to the ongoing war in, over in Ukraine. Um, I'm curious to see if we see that one as well. But again, we don't have a release date. It was initially set to come out April 2022. Maybe that comes out around April 2023 time range, hopefully. Um, but I am going to go bold here. I think GoldenEye, first three months of the year, I think soon becomes soon enough. And I actually think we're going to see it even sooner than that. I'm going to say January is when we get GoldenEye. I think this is going to be one of the surprise announcements that comes out at the Developer Direct. Uh, I think they're going to come out and say, because they've been teasing soon on so many Game Pass posts, I am I could be completely wrong, but I'm linking that to the soon that was mentioned with GoldenEye on the Nintendo Direct. And because of that, I'm going to link that with soon, as in soon, as in this month soon. And because our Game Pass announcements have been a little bit lighter this month, I think this one is going to bring up the tail end of it. So I'm expecting this to come out if not in the last week of January as a shadow drop, I think it comes out early February. So I think we'll be seeing it very, very soon. Well, what is it, Joey? Is it January or February? Uh, last week of January slash first week of February. No, I'm going to go last no. week of January. I think it's a shadow drop, John. I'm going shadow drop for the showcase. Hmm. Super bold claim. You Watch know this what? thing not come out at all in 2023. Right? It's going to come out in like 2027. Yeah. <laughs> Be like, hey, this game is actually canceled. It's done by Ubisoft. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, any thoughts? Are you going to take it as bold as I am? Shadow no. drop? At the end I'm going to say it'll be out sometime in the first quarter. Chat has listed out just about every month possible between March and August. So lots of predictions going on on that front. Um, okay, let's look at a few of these other categories before we wrap it up. Game of the year, John. So we've kind of mentioned some of the big ones. Uh, obviously, Star Wars is up there in that discussion. Hogwarts Legacy, Spider-Man 2, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, Starfield, Todd Howard's new project, his first one in like 10 years. Um, there's a lot of big games out there on top of the other ones that just kind of pop up here and there, like your Vampire Survivors games that come out of nowhere. Uh, is there a game in particular that you think takes home game of the year and again, there are hundreds of Game of the Year awards, just to specify. Uh, let's talk about the Game Awards, one of the more watched ones uh, for this particular award. I think Starfield is a frontrunner. Uh, it, it has to be. Just the hype that's around it from what we've seen from the graphics, from what we've been told from the gameplay, the fact that there's hundreds, thousands of planets that you can travel to. Uh, it's it, it's insane. The, the, the customization of the game, there's just so much that you can do in that game. Uh, it has to be the front runner. Now, that being said, all that hype means it can also flop super hard. Uh, no Man's Sky, I'm looking at you. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's being hyped up for a reason. Uh, and, and that alone, uh, I think either we're getting, like, <laughs> blue-pilled really bad by uh, the developers on this game uh, or it really is as great as everyone's saying it is. And so I'm super excited for that. I think Hogwarts Legacy is another one that's going to be up there. Uh, Harry Potter is still popular, even though the creator of Harry Potter, uh, yeah, it's kind of an idiot, but, you know, it, it is what it is. But uh, I think the video game itself uh, and the Harry Potter community at large 
uh, is going to be very excited for it. An open world MMO, essentially, of Harry Potter, where you can explore as a as your character at Hogwarts. Uh, you can uh, go to the Forbidden Forest and all other fun stuff. Uh, you can choose what house you're in. Uh, there's only one correct choice. Joey's going Hufflepuff. I don't know why, but he is. Um, but yeah, I, I think that one's going to be up there too. Um, you know, th there's just so many big games that are going to be coming out here. It's, it's going to be really hard. And if uh, Starfield is even 80% as good as what the people are hyping it up to be, it's still going to be in Starfield's hands to, to lose, I think. Yeah, I think Starfield will definitely be in the discussion. I think Spider-Man 2 will definitely be in the discussion. Uh, my winner, I think, honestly, based on the way I've seen critics vote in the past, I'm going to go Zelda Breath of the Wild or the sequel to that, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, I just think Nintendo has a way with critics, and they continue to push the Nintendo games forward. Uh, you can argue that Sony has won a ton of awards as well, which they definitely have. But when they're up against these big blockbuster Nintendo titles, it feels like Nintendo finds a way to edge them out. So I do think Zelda is probably going to be my guess at this point for Game of the Year winner. Again, we've seen it delayed for year over year. It was originally supposed to come around around 2021. Uh, it's found its way now out in 2023, potentially. So I think it's had enough years to put polish in, to put those extra touches in, and to hopefully end up making a really good product for gamers when it eventually launches. And in the eyes of critics, I think it will be our highest rated for the year uh, as far as Game of the Year content goes. Uh, on top of that, the highest seller. Uh, this is one where it could be Zelda again in my mind. But I do think having the ability to be on multiple consoles is an advantage. So in that case, looking at Starfield, which will be releasing on Xbox and PC is big, but it's also on Game Pass. On EA side, Star Wars Jedi Survivor is releasing everywhere, but it's also on EA Play and it will eventually be on Game Pass and potentially PS Plus as well. So I'm kind of leaning for a little bit of a dark horse here with Hogwarts Legacy. I don't think Hogwarts Legacy is going to be included in any subscription services on day one and it's launching on all major platforms except for the Switch. So it could be a kind of a silent sleeper here to be in that top three for sellers, in my opinion. Uh, I think it'll be up there with, I would guess, Zelda, just because there's so many freaking Switch units out there uh, as at least two of the top three. I don't know who takes the third one. Um, I would probably guess Starfield because you're hitting two different platforms with that. But again, I really don't know how much Game Pass will cannibalize some of those sales as well. So... We'll have to keep an eye on that. Any highest seller that you would like to throw out there out of those three or any others? Probably Zelda. Yeah, I think it's definitely uh, going to be. Yeah, it's it's most likely going to be Zelda. Any other thoughts, predictions before we wrap up today's show, John? I mean, this has been definitely a fun one to dive back into. We didn't do a good job of advertising it, but in the end, had quite a few people stop by over here on Twitch. So thanks for stopping by, everyone. Thanks for donating bits, subscribing, and all that goodness as well. Uh, but again, John, back to you. Any predictions outside of the little we've touched on here uh, as far as the release dates and Game of the Year content that you want to touch on? Predictions? Not really. Um, I, I, I'm hoping 2023 is going to be a uh, year that's not going to have a lot of delays when it comes to video games. <laughs> but, you know, Skull and Bones decided to... You know, start 2023 off on an amazing foot. Uh, so uh, hopefully we start to see studios get back uh, to their regularly scheduled programs. Hopefully they understand that, you know, giving us a release date longer in the future and then surprising us with an early release, that's not a bad thing versus promising us an early release and then being delayed another year or two. Um, you know, it, you always 
you know, under-promise the release date. Say it's going to be in eight months, but you're really on track for a release in five. Surprise everyone, it works every single time. Uh, ask Apex. Apex came out of nowhere and blew up for the first month. Then everyone dropped the ball. That's neither here nor there. But that surprise helped make Apex what it was. Uh, surprise gamers. Gamers are cool with surprises. Um, yeah, it's simple as that. Um, so hopefully less delays. Uh, I'm looking for more great online uh, multiplayer experiences. Uh, I'm thinking Hogwarts. I'm thinking Starfield. I'm thinking, uh, you know, World of Warcraft Dragonflight as that continues to develop, uh, you know, going into its next major uh, patch for that expansion in 2023. Uh, I just feel like 2023 should be a good year for gamers of all types, whether you're a single play gamer, multiplayer gamer, MMO gamer, RPG gamer. Uh, whatever your gaming type is, I think 2023 is going to be a good year. I would agree. I definitely think we're heading into the golden age of this console generation. 2023 looking very strong. 2024, 2025 as well. Uh, so many projects in the works. So many unannounced projects in the works from the big three as well. Just coming in here with so much potential. Ubisoft is as well mentioned just earlier uh, that they have another big project that they have not announced yet. EA has a number of Star Wars projects in the work over at Respawn that they've announced but really haven't given too many details on. Uh, we know there's some other big IPs out there like a James Bond game from IO Interactive, uh, some other kind of secret projects being worked on from studios like ZeniMax Online as well. So a number of different cool projects that have both been announced and unannounced or not yet announced, I guess, rather, um, to come out in this year and the year after. So we should be in for quite a few good games, regardless of where you're playing, whether it be on a PlayStation, a Nintendo Switch, an Xbox console of this generation or last, a PC, a cloud gaming device, a mobile phone, regardless of where you play, when everyone plays, we all win. And it seems like there'll be plenty of titles to play as we move forward into later in 2023. Now, Joey, I do have a question here for you before we wrap this up. What game did you end 2022 play? Oh, uh, Drinking Simulator 2022. Um, now, I don't remember, actually. I think High on Life may have been my last played game. Um, did you finish it? I did, but not in 2022. I did it in 2023. So it actually may have been Halo multiplayer. I may have played Halo Infinite multiplayer as my last. Do people still play that? And then I played a little bit on Cloud. I played some of Pentiment on Cloud. Got a little bit into that. So I don't know. I've dove around a bit. But High on Life was definitely what I spent the most time on in December, so I'll give it to that. Did you get the secret ending? Um, I, maybe. I don't think you did. If you, if, if you don't know, you don't know. Anywho. High Life is a great game if you haven't played it. There's also a, there's another secret ending. Did you get the, the lab one? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, I did get that then. Yeah, okay. it's cool. It's very cool. It's almost guaranteeing a sequel, so that's yeah. kind of cool. Uh, but yeah simple as that yeah go play it it's free on game pass do it there you go with that being said john i think you can take us into the closing on today's show as we've kicked off 2023 in style all right nation that's going to do it for our poorly advertised return of level up live but before you go make sure you follow the show on twitch to catch the next episode of level up live listen to the show on our podcast feed please do leave us a review if your podcatcher allows you to the Level Up Podcast is available on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much any other podcatcher. Just look us up, and we are there for you. We would love to hear from you. In fact, we'd love to hear from our community so much. There are multiple ways you can reach out to us. Joey, where can Level Up Nation go to slide into our DMs? Absolutely, Level Up Nation. Head on over to Twitter, where maybe we'll tweet out when the next show is going live, and that's at Level Up Live. LVL, Live. 
In addition to that, you can follow the umbrella company OTN Media on Twitter and Facebook at OTN Media and on Instagram at OTN underscore media. Last but not least, hit us up with a follow on Twitch as well, twitch.tv forward slash OTN Media. This show level up typically Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern time. On top of that, we do have a stream tomorrow night with Ghost Runner, who's running some Arc Nights. Check that out as well. All right, make sure to tune in next Thursday. That is January 19th. As we continue to cover the latest and greatest in gaming and esports news, do your ears and eyes a favor. Hit that sub button, sub and follow button to know when the next episode of Level Up Live is ready for your entertainment pleasures. We'll catch you all next week. Enjoy your weekend. And remember, be nice to your fellow gamers online. And as always, level up. up.